0: Well, happy Easter to all of you. I'm so glad that you've joined us online here at Wildwood Christian Church. Whether this is your first time to just check us out or you've been a part of our church for many, many years, thank you for taking time to be with us on this day. Again, happy Easter to you. Um, Did you dress up for Easter today? You know, walk out into your living room in your pajamas, or maybe you got your nice hat or nice shirt or, you know, nice dress on. In fact, one thing you can do to be slightly ornery to the people around you is snap a picture of them and upload it to Facebook or to Instagram with the hashtag EasterWCC2020. And we'll see who um, comes in first place in the most dressy contest there. But I'm glad you've joined us. I want to let you know that next Sunday, as we continue our online services, we're gonna do a series entitled Faith Over Fear. I want us to have an honest discussion about what's going on and how we can continue to deal with it. How do we move from the fear and anxiety that we feel at times to a place where we really feel like, yeah, I'm I'm really trusting in God. faith is in Jesus. I can feel a sense of peace. Because during some of the most tragic, difficult times in our lives, it's so important for you and I to understand that God is with us, that God loves us, that in fact God is working through these difficult times to help our faith to grow in Him, to help us to become the women and the men that God needs us to be, that we can have faith that can help us in the midst of any difficult circumstance. And so we're going to take a look in the Old Testament, actually in the second book in the Old Testament, Exodus, at the journey of the Israelites, God's people, the Jews, from slavery in Egypt till they reached the promised land. And during some of those very difficult times, what were some of the lessons that God taught them? How do we get through what we're going through without falling apart? faith over fear. So we're going to look at that next Sunday. But today on Resurrection Sunday, um, we're concluding this series on the cross, the wonderful cross. Last week we asked the question, why did Jesus have to die? Oh, I hope that if you haven't listened to that, you'll go back. Just click the sermon tab when we're all done here, and that'll take you to our church website, and you can listen to that or watch that message there. Jesus had to die because of our desperate need. He died because of his love for you and his love for me. But today we come to what we call Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. And if the death of Jesus paid the price for our sins, what's the significance of the resurrection? I mean, what's that meaning? What did God need to have happen in the resurrection? And specifically, how does it impact you and I? Why does it matter? Because the concept of the resurrection, um, it was difficult for those disciples early on to grasp. It's tough for some of us to grasp. I've never personally experienced somebody coming back from the dead. And so it's a little bit challenging, and it's a little difficult. And especially because they were so overwhelmed by their grief and fear. You know, Jesus, the one they'd been following, the one they knew was the Messiah, that it was God, Jesus was dead. And they were stuck in what I call a Friday frame of mind. It was like they just were frozen in time. Sound a little familiar to you? Yeah, we, we find ourselves right now almost frozen in time, kind of stuck in this Friday frame of mind. And it's, it's so very difficult for us. I went to Home Depot on Wednesday to pick up an online order. I mean, everything's just so different, right? You get in a long line outside, and you're six feet apart, and most people have masks on, and there's a guy or girl saying, okay, you can go in because they're only letting a certain number of people in the store, and it just feels so kind of somber, and it's just kind of oppressive, right? That whole sense of what's happening now. Is this our new normal? That's a question a lot of people have been asking. And then there's... The bouts of anxiety that we wrestle with, sometimes they just come on us when we least expect them. We feel stuck, frozen in time. We really need this message about the resurrection. How do we get out of this Friday frame of mind? How do we get out of feeling like, you know, I'm just stuck here. Everything just kind of dried up in my life. You see, the resurrection of Jesus... Oh, it impacts our our lives in profound ways. And Jesus rose from the dead to demonstrate that God has absolute power over everything, including death. And he can get us unstuck from a Friday frame of mind, even when we're in the midst of this pandemic. He can bring that which is dead back to life, in your life and in my life. And let's talk about that today. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, the very first gospel. Um, I encourage you to take your Bibles and turn to that. I've got my Bible here. Now, I'm going to be teaching from the New International Version. But I've asked um, Elliot, our student minister, and his wife, Brandy, to read Matthew 28, our passage. But they're going to be reading it out of the message translation. And so you grab your Bible. You can click the tab over here that says Bible and find it there or just open yours up, help your kids find your Bible But they're going to read it out loud for us, and then we're going to dig in and we're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
1: After the Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly, the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone, then sat on it. Shafts of lightning blazed from him. His garments shimmered snow white. The guards at the tomb were scared to death. They were so frightened they could not move. The angel spoke to the women, There is nothing to fear here. I know you are looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. He is not here. He was raised just as he said. Come and look at the place where he was placed. Now, get on your way quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. That's the message. The women, deep in wonder and full of joy, lost no time in leaving the tomb. They ran to tell the disciples. Then Jesus met them, stopping them in their tracks. Good morning, he said. They fell to their knees, embraced his feet, and worshiped him. Jesus said, you're holding on to me for dear life. Don't be frightened like that. Go tell my brothers that they are to go to Galilee and that I'll meet them there.
0: I I love the words of the angel. Quickly go and tell the disciples, Jesus is risen. In other words, Jesus is alive. Now, if the story of Jesus had ended on Friday, if Jesus had stayed dead, right, if we could go now and see a tomb with the remains of Jesus Christ still in it, we would be completely hopeless. Now, don't get me wrong. The death of Jesus Christ was essential. He was the payment for our sins, the ransom, the payment that there was no way, it was impossible for us to be able to pay. And as, again, as we talked about last week, and I encourage you to listen to that if you missed it, um, the death of Jesus was essential. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I mean, it was Essential, it was absolutely necessary for the world that Jesus Christ die on the cross. But had Jesus not defeated death, had he not come back from the grave? Well, listen to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those who have also fallen asleep or have died in Christ, they're lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are, of all people, most to be pitied. But here we are, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, even though it's in an unusual way, right? But literally for 2,000 years, believers in Jesus Christ, millions of them over the entire world have done exactly what you and I are doing because we know The significance of the resurrection and so we're looking at Matthew's account but what's interesting about Matthew's account about the resurrection is it's so brief I mean it's so it's so very brief it's like to be almost anticlimactic Jesus died hey Jesus is alive but brevity doesn't demonstrate that it's not significant Now his story begins with the women going to the tomb that early dawn. Verse 1, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. So it's the women who are the first to discover the empty tomb. It is the women. To whom the angel first appears to. It is the women to whom Jesus first appears in his resurrected form unto. Which on one hand adds some real veracity to the account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because you see, in that day in culture, especially Jewish culture, women, they were almost second-class citizens. You most certainly couldn't use them as an eyewitness. And so if you're making up a story, you wouldn't use women. But this was a clear statement by God about the the value and the significance of women in God's kingdom, that all human beings have great worth and value, especially women and the role and the place that Jesus invited them into and that they have in the church is significant in their influence and in their leadership and in their inspiration. So the choice to have Women as the first witnesses is a clear statement by God himself. So at some point as they're approaching the tomb or maybe just before they get to the tomb or get onto the scene, here's what Matthew says beginning in verse 2. He says, There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. This is the second earthquake that was associated with this time in Jesus' life. The first one was when Jesus died. This one is when Jesus has come back to life. One person said, The earth, which trembled with sorrow at the death of Christ, as it were, Leap for joy at his resurrection. So the earthquake accompanies the appearance of the angel. Or maybe it's the means that the angel uses to roll away the stone, or maybe the earthquake comes because the angel rolls away the stone. But what does the angel do once the stone's rolled away? I love it. He sits on the stone as if to say, Take that, Satan. You can't keep him in the grave. He's not here. He's risen indeed. It was was as if God, through the angel, was, was letting the world know that nothing could hold his son back. The stone that sealed the tomb became the seed of triumph for this angel. But for the women, they're still a little bit bewildered and confused. You know, I mean, it's early morning they're trying to figure things out this is not what they were expecting they were like many of us i mean it, when you're filled with grief when you're overwhelmed by the difficulty of the circumstance it, it's just too difficult to see beyond the tragedy and the difficulty of that particular moment most of us struggle with a friday frame of mind I mean, when circumstances are as difficult as they are right now, it's not that we can't see. We just can't see beyond those circumstances. And so in that way, we're a lot like the women who went to the tomb that first Easter morning. We don't know the exact time that Jesus rose from the dead, but we do know that the women came to the tomb at dawn in that first light. Um, They came to a tomb. They were expecting a dead body. And the reason they were expecting a dead body is because They were in a Friday frame of mind, but what they found was something they were not expecting. And it wasn't like Jesus hadn't given several hints that they're gonna kill me and three days later, I'm gonna raise from the dead. But that was the furthest thing from their minds that morning. They were so overwhelmed by grief, they were so overcome by their difficult circumstances that they, they couldn't see anything beyond what was happening on Friday. But when that light began to dawn and the, the, they saw the stone that had rolled away from the tomb, I mean, their minds began to shift from Friday to Sunday. And so when they approached that tomb, they didn't find a tomb, they saw a miracle. Now, the question I always have is, why did the angel roll the stone away from the tomb? Matthew tells us that the angel rolled the stone away from the tomb, and then he sat on top of it like, well, look what I did. The reason the angel rolled the stone away from the tomb wasn't because Jesus needed some kind of a help. I mean, if you have the power to come back from the dead, you certainly have the power to move a stone away from the entrance of the tomb. The reason the angel rolled the stone away from the tomb was so that the disciples could see that the tomb was empty. So the disciples could see that Jesus was no longer there, that Jesus was alive. They needed to be able to see that stone rolled away from the tomb so that their minds could begin to shake off that Friday frame of mind. And so here's what Matthew records. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay and then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. And so the light of that dawn on that morning revealed it was no longer Friday and Jesus is dead. It is Sunday and Jesus is alive. You see, Jesus is alive. And that changes everything. But it's so easy for us in the face of like what we're facing, a pandemic or economic devastation, you know, a loss of income, separation from our friends. It's so easy to get sucked into that Friday frame of mind. I was talking to a good friend of mine about a week and a half ago. And he was really struggling with anxiety and just feeling almost depressed and part of the reason was because he was watching news like 24-7. I mean, he he was only seeing the negative of what was happening, but he was doing that because he was trying to make sense of what was happening, right? Most of us did that at one time or another, but he was so focused on the problem that he couldn't see how God can step into any kind of circumstance. He got stuck in despair stuck and feeling overwhelmed by his circumstances. And so when we feel stuck in this Friday frame of mind, what do we do about that? How does the power of the resurrected Lord speak into that kind of difficult time in our life? One reason is this, that the resurrection, it empowers the hope of salvation, and the reason it does that is because this heavy weight of our sin and all that has happened to us because of Jesus and the power of the resurrection its removed. It's taken off of our shoulders. See, the sacrifice of Jesus, empowered by the resurrection, brings forgiveness to you and to me. Again, I read it earlier, Second Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that... In him we might become the righteousness of God. You know what God did? He transferred the weight of your sin and mine, the penalty for that, onto Jesus Christ when he was on the cross, the perfect son of God. And when we receive that gift, he says there we become the righteousness of God. As we look to God and we think about God's holiness and God's perfection and his goodness and his righteousness scripture clearly teaches that when we accept the sacrifice of jesus god takes his righteousness and he gives it to us he places it on us that's why he sees us as righteous because we've accepted jesus christ and he's put that upon us peter says this he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness but listen to this, by his wounds we have been healed. He heals us. He takes his righteousness. The resurrection empowers the hope of that salvation that we have that Jesus gave to us. But there's such a, another very significant thing, and that is the resurrection empowers the hope of God's work and power in your life and my life. In other words, the power of sin in your life and my life because of the resurrection is broken. The the resurrection is about moving us from the weight of the past to the hope of the present. Let me say that again. The resurrection is about moving us from the weight of the past to the hope of the present because the more we focus on our on our sins and mistakes and in our and our past i mean there's a part of it that we've got to look at that to evaluate but the more we do that and sp- spend time in the past the more our vision is limited we we become a lot like the women going to the tomb we're thinking about friday it's a it's a friday frame of mind and we all struggle with that right because we have the weight of that past because we're human it's not to it's hard not to think about, you know, that bad mistake we made or that season of our life or the addiction that seems to control us or that person that we hurt or the pain that was inflicted upon us. It just, it's hard for that not to replay in our minds. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ demonstrates that the same power that brought Jesus Christ from the dead can transform our dead past into a hopeful present and future. His death on the cross pronounces forgiveness of the past, but his resurrection of Jesus Christ declares power in the present, in the future. His power, the same power that brought Jesus from the dead, is working in you and in me. And I love how Paul says it in Ephesians 1. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I love that in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. What power is that? That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. I want you to know the power of the resurrection in your life that can take that which is, Dead and can bring that back to life again.
1: Hey guys, so as you can probably tell from the wind, I'm still in Oklahoma and I'm actually on my family's farm, the Circle J. And behind me is our farm's biggest pond. And this pond is really important for us, and we do a lot of things surrounding this pond. We end up coming out here and shooting. Um, I fished on this pond. We blow out fireworks. We have uh, campfires. I've gone camping out here. We do grill outs. It's a very important place and we're a central place for us as a family. And, And you see right now, the pond's really full and the vegetation, it's all green and really pretty. And this all makes my heart really happy. But the thing is, is that it doesn't always look this way. There's a lot of times where Oklahoma ends up going through drought. And this place looks like a dry and barren land. And I've seen the bottom of this pond way too many times. For those of the kids out, for those kids out there that don't know what drought is, drought is whenever there's just not enough water falling from the sky, and so it affects um, the water being able to feed cattle, uh, the vegetation, and it's not as green here; just looks dead. Um, farmers being able to water their crops, it affects so many things. Even so, that there's times where it's been so severe that they've had to put on regulations and rules about when we can use water, what we can use it for, and how much. And it's a really rough time. It can make you really feel hopeless. But the beauty of drought is that it always gives way to just a beautiful land, just like we have, I have around me right now. So Jesus when he died on that cross, he his disciples and the his followers must have felt just so much despair because he was the Messiah, he was the promised one. That's what they thought. But then he died, and that must those few days before his resurrection must have felt like just severe drought in them. And but then we get the beauty of knowing that the grave couldn't hold him and he rose from the dead bringing back the hope this hope that we get to cling to and that they get to cling to and you know that despair that they felt gave way into hope and you know we all go through those seasons of drought of feeling broken of feeling hopeless of feeling like there's just no way out and like it's just not going to get any better but the beauty is is that we have that hope to cling to we know that just like i said before drought always gives way to beauty. Drought doesn't last forever. It ends. And just trust in the hope of Jesus. Trust that his promises are true. Trust that his word is true. That we know that he brings beauty from our pain. We know that he calls us beloved. We know that he is our strong tower. We can trust in his promises and the hope that he gives us. So I encourage you today to just really focus on what that hope means from his resurrection. What that means for us And encourage you this next week, instead of focusing on any of the drought that you may be experiencing, focus on the hope of who Jesus is and what he says.
0: What a great picture of what Jesus does. That which is dead comes to life. That which is the life has been sucked out of it. Comes to something that's beautiful. So I love how Matthew ends this account that we're studying. Verse 8, so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said, and they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. I love that. They were afraid, yet filled with joy. That's it apt description of how many of us feel right now we're we have some fear right we're struggling we're wrestling but because of jesus and our trust in him we're filled with joy and it helps us as we strive to get unstuck and move from friday to sunday because the reality is not fear isn't the problem fear's not the problem. We all feel fear. It's important to, to acknowledge that. It's when we stay stuck in fear, when we don't do anything to try to deal with that fear. So what helps us to be afraid, yet filled with joy? is Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus. What, what a cool picture, isn't it? They hurried away and all of a sudden Jesus is in front of them. He appears. Greetings. How you guys doing? How's it going today? Can you imagine? I mean, it says that they clasped his feet. In other words, they fell at his feet. They were so thrilled and they were so excited. I mean, they went from grief to some confusion to a little bit of hope to suddenly there is Jesus. He is alive. It's Jesus. And I want you Right now, to picture Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, extending his arms to you, but open, ready to embrace you with a huge smile on his face because he rose from the dead for you. And he can help us move beyond that Friday frame of mind beyond getting stuck in the fear and the anxiety that we have, to the hope of Sunday because he is alive. And he wants to take that which is dead. Maybe you've given up on recovery, a relationship, a dream, even hope. And he wants to be able to bring it to life, to bring beauty into your life. And he has the power to those who are willing to submit and surrender it to him, to change us from the inside out. So we're going to take some time here to do some reflecting. I'm going to show you a video of the reenactment of the tomb and the power of what happens. And as we reflect, I just really want you to, to think, what, where is the one place that you need the help of Jesus? What's dead? And you need Jesus to bring you back to life. Where are you stuck in the fear and the anxiety? And you need Jesus to reach out his hand and pull you into the hope of Sunday. Allow this time to help you to reflect and to consider what do you need to do? What choice do you need to make on this resurrection Sunday?